0: This is 69 The Podcast, I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. One of the best things about projection mapping technology is its ability to completely fill a big space with immersive visuals. The resulting experiences can be good enough to become paid attractions. There are now dedicated, ticketed venues devoted to immersive projection mapped experiences around the world. And one of the best is Oasis Immersion, a venue in downtown Montreal that was dreamed up by a guy who will be very familiar to the digital signage community, Danny Levine. He started and ran Arsenal Media for many years, building up a creative shop that most years would all but sweep the digital signage awards programs it entered. Arsenal was ultimately acquired by the display technology firm Christie and Levine continued working for them for about four years before deciding to step away and chase a new dream. That's been a real journey. I had lunch with him years ago in New York when he laid out the rough concept for me. I then did a walkthrough of the venue back in 2019 when it was just a set of darkened rooms months off from opening. Then COVID hit and the launch plans were derailed by lockdowns. The concept and business clawed its way through the pandemic and Oasis is open and thriving now with experiences designed to both amaze and inspire. I had a terrific catch up chat recently with Denis. Sir, uh, can you tell me what Oasis is all about?
1: Well, Oasis Immersion is uh, an immersive destination uh, that was launched on February 25th, uh, 2021 in, uh, in Montreal. It's uh, within the, uh, the Montreal Convention Centre. And, and it's really part of this new trend of uh, you know, immersion as a destination. Uh, you know, similar to places like Atelier de Lumière in Paris, uh, the, the Team Lab project in, in Tokyo, they actually quite, have quite a few, um, and and others. So it's uh, really based on uh, projection and, and, and audio. Uh, it's a, a 25,000 square foot uh, space, uh, structured in three galleries. There's a a cafe bar there's a boutique and there are two additional experiential uh, areas so really proud of uh, of this uh, this project
0: and this is right in the heart of montreal right
1: right in the heart of montreal the montreal convention center is um, <clears throat> located between the uh, old montreal area and uh, the um, the cultural district and the business district so it's it's uh, in, within an area called the International District, uh, which bridges to uh, many uh, strategic areas within the city.
0: And this is, I, if I'm remembering correctly, because I've walked through the space with you, uh, it, it was an old loading dock or something for the convention center?
1: It, it was actually before a, um, a, a bus station um, and it was transformed uh, into uh, a potential Future uh, uh, exhibit area, but uh, the the project never really came through. So they, it was actually used as a, just a, a storage uh, facility, and because of its location within the the, the convention center, it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily easy to use as a as a rental space because most of the other areas uh, are rental rooms. Uh, conference space are, are on the upper floors so it kind of became a, a no man's land and mm-hmm. um, when I was made aware that this area was just uh, sitting there and uh, I thought you know this could be a great place uh, for this project I had I had the immersive destination project in mind uh, uh, for a while and this kind of was the, the perfect timing and the perfect location to do it
0: yeah, I mean you're right across from uh, some pretty good hotels, and uh, not far away from some other ones. And obviously, it's a convention center, so there's a ton of people flowing through there. It's on a subway line, on and on and on. So it 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 seemed kind of perfect.
1: No, absolutely. It, it, it you know for for us the the location uh, in terms of the, the the site itself was really really important, and the the other interesting aspect about the location it, it helps us to. Uh, you know, diversify the business model around uh, the project. So we do have, of course, a, a, a more B2C angle with the immersive exhibits that we, we present to uh, to the audience, but we also have a B2B angle where the, the space can be privatized for different types of events uh, and and used as, a, 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 you know, another option in terms of the, the, the rental for spaces within Palais des Congrès. So, it, it works out really good uh, on, on, on so many angles.
0: So this is one of these quote unquote experiences where you're going to walk in and with projection mapping, you you're, you're just going to be totally immersed in whatever the theme is for that particular exhibition.
1: Yes. So it's really, you know, there, there's a, a lot of different definition about what is uh, an immersive experience these days. Um, I think VR uh, will very often refer to, 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 to uh, this type of... The VR industry will refer to these type of experiences as immersive experience, and it, it is in a, in a certain way. Um, you know, The way I define a real immersive experience is about stepping into this other world that is dynamic uh, and putting the visitor in the middle of the story of, of the experience itself and the experience evolves, and uh, there's a, a total immersion from a, an audio and video perspective. So yes, it's it's the type of experience where you walk around. You know, it's it's similar to uh, to a museum, and that's that that really helped us in terms of finally being able to open because initially the project was scheduled to open early June of 2020, and of course, we all know uh, uh, what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to to reopen a bit sooner than some other uh, uh, cultural destination because of the fact that people walked around the space like a museum uh, there's no there's no uh, a time uh, limit uh, there's no official start of the show you do have to buy a ticket to arrive at a certain time so that we can manage uh, a traffic uh, flow and and limit waiting time at the entrance but it, it's really ca- kind of like a very free uh uh, experience in terms of the way that you want to experience it the duration Um, and yes you know you walk into every room and there's projection 360 projection projection on the floors and of course uh uh, uh, specialized audio in in every room which is a really important thing that is often underestimated uh, in terms of its uh, importance within uh an immersive experience. Mm-hmm.
0: This has been quite a journey for you. As you mentioned, you planned to be open in Q2 of 2020, but then COVID hit. But this this has actually been something that's been in the works for, what, two, three years prior to that?
1: Yes. Um, it, it the, We started to, to discuss the idea. I, I was actually made aware of the site in, in the summer of 2018 and then the projects, the, the development process started from there. Uh, so yes, it it it, uh, it there was a process to it, and of course the 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 the, the pandemic uh, uh, added another layer of complexity to putting this project together. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it's been the past two years have been quite difficult, but we're we're turning a corner, and and fortunately, you know, it's a good time to to offer the audience this type of experience. I think there's there's a lot of interest. Uh, and these experiences can be so, so powerful. Um, and I think if, if, uh, we continue to do a good job from, a, a quality of, of, experience, uh, perspective, then, you know, we, 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 have the feeling that, that the audience is listening, the audience is interested and that, you know, it, it it's looking good for, for the future. We had to go through this, this, you know, uh, process to put the project together and go through the difficulties of the, the pandemic, but uh, now, you know, things are, 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 are stabilizing and, and we're, we're looking forward to build for the future.
0: And when we talked about this uh, well before you launched, you put a big premium on wanting to have uh, very much thematic curated expositions that were built around an idea. As opposed to just like having, you know, a generative data artist put something up on on these on this big canvas and make it kind of flow and ooze and do whatever it was going to do. You wanted you you wanted to talk about you know particular topics like space and so on.
1: Yeah, sp- specific topics, but also specific topics at the right time, mm-hmm. and I think that speaks to the kind of the the heritage. That I have, uh, you know, coming into the immersive world through the world of, of digital signage, and you know, having been uh, uh, exposed to d- different types of project, where you know the the essence of it is to show the right message, the right place at the right time, and that that mindset carried through uh, uh, this project. And for us, one of the interesting aspect was to look at. You know building a, a, a curated programming that was relevant to present at a certain moment in time so the, the here and now angle for us is is quite important uh, and and how it it connects to you know not necessarily the the news of the day but the trends of the the, the bigger picture trends of the moment um, so we this is how we, we kind of approach our, our programming, allowing us to go in, in different directions, uh, but uh, but uh, staying relevant in terms of the timing of it and also staying aligned with our DNA about using this media to share an, an, an optimistic perspective of, of life uh, and um, you know, uh, off, use this media in a way that will inspire people, that will... Uh, you know, give them something that, that will stay within them after the the, the exhibit, hopefully, uh, and, and you know, just pro- pro- provide kind of an uplifting perspective. This this is really at the heart of the, the Oasis project because the, the immersive media can be such a powerful experience uh, that for us, you know, the, the, the notion that it had to be relevant at that moment in time and Provide a positive influence to our visitors was was really important because we've you know uh, both me and my 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 um, the, my co-founder and and uh, dear friend Nicolas Lassonde you know we we've been we're big fans of you know uh, raves and and multimedia performances and I think w- one thing that that we noticed over time is that there was very often this lack of. Uh, uh, Connection with the times, uh, this lack of uh, sometimes emotion that it was, you know, visual exploration just, just to explore. And, and sometimes it was really interesting. But, you know, we thought that uh, a curated approach uh, that, that was both relevant uh, and, and, and inspirational and that touched people was, was where we wanted to be and how we wanted to use the, the media.
0: Hi, I'm Jeremy Gavin, CEO of ScreenFeed. Now, I'm not put off by the fact that you're not listening to this podcast to hear me. Just like audiences to any digital signage, you give your attention to content you find interesting or helpful. That's where my company ScreenFeed comes in. Our sole mission is to make your digital signage network more valuable by making content that is more valuable to your audience. If you'd like to drive more attention to your screens, Visit ScreenFeed.com to explore the 75-plus content options we've created to do just that. And then give us a call. Now, back to the podcast. Have you developed a sense that that, that aspiration to, you know, strike an emotion with the people who are visiting that that's working? Are you, are you getting that feedback that this was more than just, like, visually interesting to them?
1: Absolutely, um, and it's been it's been so rewarding to 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 get that feedback from, from the audience. Um, you know, we, we very often have you know we see people in the rooms that, that are uh, very touched that that uh, actually show uh, emotions. We have you know feedback on our social media. Uh, uh, artists get direct email and 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 share. Uh, uh, visitors share directly with the artists their uh, what what they they went through and the emotions and you no know, we're we're absolutely where where we want to be and we want to continue to build on that we we actually uh, you know as part uh, of of the process of getting better as as a creative group and and understanding the media which is still a quite a young uh, a young media we launched an, an initiative called. The the, the direct French translation would be the the immersive vitamin. And we we worked with a a startup company that um, uses biometric uh, uh, tools to measure the impact of experiences from an emotional and cognitive perspective. And we did a a preliminary phase uh, last fall uh, as part of our uh, uh, Recharger Unwind uh, uh, exhibit. And the, the preliminary uh, results are are actually quite positive. So we have the let's say the declarative piece where you know uh, feedback from the audience, uh, feedback on on social media and on surveys, uh, and, and uh, direct messages uh, to the artist are quite positive. But now we also have a, a data driven piece that 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 starts to to show starts to establish that they, they are. People are reacting uh, uh, in, in a good way. And, and, and we now have, you know, preliminary patterns, uh, biometric patterns to, to support it. Hmm. If
0: I went to Oasis Immersion right now, what would be the shows that I'd see?
1: So we, um, we recently launched um, uh, our, our summer, uh, let's say spring summer programming um and you know there, there were a few elements that that, that we launched the, the the first one is that we we uh, activated the notion of having multiple shows playing at the same time so we currently have two choices of, of exhibit that visitors can choose from we also launched uh uh, uh officially we uh, we launched a uh, a large interactive floor in our main room which is to my knowledge one of the largest uh, permanent interactive floor in uh in North America. Uh, we pre-launched it in February, but officially launched, launched it as part of the, the, um, uh, the, the spring-summer programming. We currently have two exhibits. The, the Recharger Unwind, uh, which is a, a, a sensory experience in the world of, of generative arts, but, but structured as a, as a wellness uh, uh, experience. Uh, we're extending that show because it's been a, a big success for us uh, the, the show was- ori- originally launched last fall, but uh, since there are still interests we're we're continuing mm-hmm. uh, with that but our new main show is called van Gogh Distortion and uh this this is really about uh you know acknowledging uh, this is the first time that we do uh, uh, an exhibit featuring a, a painter and it's really about acknowledging the the, the world phenomena that that has come out of this union of the the medium of immersion and uh, uh, the, the the world of, of painters and and van Gogh was uh, was a key figure uh, uh, in that movement um, and we did it we produced a show that is aligned with the the, the spirit of, of oasis that uh, uh, you know goes along in terms of the the, the, the positive uh, inspirational angle but also best practices uh, in terms of um, how we feel a, a, a show like that uh, uh, needs to be produced because we, we you know we all have uh, seen some of these shows uh, uh, around the world and 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 some of them I feel uh, uh, lack depth in terms of the the, 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 the experience itself uh, the way that uh, we uh, work with the the the, the painters um, uh, artwork and create a powerful immersive experience where we actually put the people in the middle of the experience and that we use sound in a in a good way so you know f- for us it's it's the, the the painters show that we would have liked to see uh, more uh, around the world and again it's 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 an acknowledgement of that 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 global phenomenon that has uh, emerge from this, this union between immersion and, and painting.
0: So so in essence, the, the, there's there's a big public demand. Uh, the, the 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 feet are going through, through these places where they have these touring ex- exhibitions for Van Gogh or Klemmt or whoever it is, and you you could ignore it or you could, <laughs> you you could kind of surrender to it to some degree and but but build something that you think really. It does the does the job well as opposed to just very large projections of still still paintings?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we you're right. We just uh, we acknowledged that that there was a, a phenomena We acknowledged that there was interest, um, and you know, I think one of the the great aspects about this is that it has helped uh, um, expose this new type of uh, uh, entertainment to to a very large audience, mm-hmm. and you know, as as the industry evolves, I think the expectations in terms of the, the quality, in terms of uh, you know, uh, element of surprise, um, you know, people have more and more expectations. So we felt it was the right time to to push the the, the boundaries with these type of shows, uh, and we felt again Van Gogh was uh, uh, was uh, uh, a a great, uh, a great point. Uh, 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 He, he was the, the main, uh, the painter that activated this movement. And in terms of the the timing, we also thought it was really interesting because, you know, one of Van Gogh's strength is about, you know, showing, sharing the emotion and in the smaller things of life, of our immediate world of nature of, you know, he, he brought emotion to, um, you know, things that, that we take for, for granted. And we felt there was also an interesting link with what, what we've been through over the past two years, uh, being isolated and the, the pandemic and just how we've reconnected with, you know, our, our immediate world, nature, other people, the the way that we view these elements and the role, they the importance they have in our lives. We thought that the, the, the timing of this from this angle was also uh, really interesting uh, to show and, and made it more relevant to uh, uh, to focus on Van Gogh for this project.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess it's something of a gateway drug as well that uh, you, you could get people to come to your venue to see this, who if you just had the uh, the other show on might be a little too out there for their unfamiliar minds but if they even if get them in to see this they'll go oh that was really interesting i'd come back
1: yeah no there, there was definitely a, a, an aspect of you know we're still a a new destination within montreal and i think it's 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 part of the process to ensure that we um you know we get known to to a a, a larger audience and uh, th- there was a, a, a bit of that for sure in, in our, our decision. But but the, the main thing was about, you know, the, the the here and now angle, the phenomena. And, you know, we, we've already uh, uh, did a good job in, you know, building an audience that is really grand public. And even for our uh, rechargé on Wine exhibit that features generative art, it's actually quite surprising and quite satisfying to see that, you know we have people from all ages who have uh, attended, and it's much more balanced than, than mm-hmm. what, you, what we expected and I think this speaks to the the interest of uh, of people in this this new type of uh, entertainment uh, and and we want to continue to build on that for sure
0: mm-hmm. What's the creative demands involved in this like uh, can you say to a for instance for the recharger? Uh, material? Can you say to a generative data artist, "Here's the resolution. Here's here's what you're working with. Go." Or uh, do, do you have to like train them?
1: Uh, no, I mean we we work with um, we do train some some people because again it's it's still a, an emerging media. You know it's 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 not like there are thousands and thousands of destinations similar to ours in the world right now. So the the, the pool of expertise is is limited, but it exists. Um, and yes, I mean, they're, part of the, the briefing is, you know, similar to uh, a more, let's say, traditional uh, digital signage content or, uh, uh, you know, experiential media experience. There they are uh, technical specifications that are part of the brief, and there are also uh, uh, creative specifications that are shared with the artist. So we, you know, as Oasis Immersion is not only just an operator of a site. Because of my my, my background uh, and my my interests, we've we've put together also a, a, a internal creative team uh, that works on developing uh, uh, the, the the curating approach and the, the, the creative alignment for our projects. And so each artist is uh, informed about you know what what is the intent, what is the big picture of the exhibit, what is the expectation in terms of. Uh, uh, his content and the role his content will play within the sequence, the journey that we want to create for our audience. So we are quite specific about that. And, you know, in terms of the artists, we usually select artists that are, we feel are the best fit for the type of content that we want to achieve. Most of the time, these artists are uh, uh, experienced, but we've also worked with, you know, emerging uh, 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 artists or, you know, we, in, in our first exhibit, we um, developed an experience with a, a young YouTuber uh, who had, you know, when I, when I told him that we were going to develop an immersive experience together, he said, what's an immersive experience? And his, exper- his uh, uh, expertise was really about just producing video. The, he was a, 24, a 21 years old uh, a kid that had a really good talent as a director, as a storytelling uh, 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 artist. But uh, but we, we felt he, he could uh, produce something that would be a bit more powerful, a bit more complex. We supported him. And so we see our role also as, you know, supporting artists. Uh, and that, that's why we have an experienced team internally. It's to play that role. And sometimes, you know, the, the type of relationship we have with different artists varies uh, uh, with their expertise. But we certainly see as, as part of our our. Our role within the industry is to ensure that we have more and more people that that understand the realities of creating uh, uh, powerful experiences for this type of media uh, so that the industry can grow in the long term.
0: Do you see business applications for this? Uh, you know, we, we, we've seen in the digital signage world all kinds of corporate lobbies uh, all the way to airports being uh, Adding immersive elements to it so that there's an entire lobby that's surrounded by LED or uh, other ones that are using projection if it's pro- if it's dark enough and so on. Do you, do, do you see the the time when the, the, the sort of work and thinking that you're you're doing for a destination could be applied to uh, something that's you know a venue like a, a building lobby?
1: there's probably extension that that could happen i mean the fact that I'm, I'm here doing this project is is a cycle of the work that i've done in the past for you know immersive lobbies and 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 different type of experiential installation and this has has led me to to do this uh, this project now i think it could work the other way around i mean I, I, as soon as you have you know digital assets you can basically do uh, uh, whatever you want i think then it becomes about you know what's the type of experience and and for what audience uh but for example i mean we do have b2b applications within oasis immersion and i could see a client who has privatized the space and created a custom experience for the people who will attend uh, the event i could certainly see a client using these assets repurposing them to create an, a, a spin-off and an ad- adapted version for another space for sure mm-hmm. I, I think we will eventually get to that because the the logic of you know return on investment or return on experience will will uh, likely lead to that mm-hmm. but there will definitely be certain adjustments in terms of the storytelling the nature of the experience because of the way that people will consume the experience. So when you are totally immersed within a space, you know, from a storytelling perspective, you you can go at it from a certain angle. If it's just a lobby experience and there are other things happening and you have different objectives, then there's going to have to be a certain storytelling adaptation.
0: You've alluded uh, two or three times to your background. Uh, for those people who are listening and don't know who you are, could you kind of tell the story of Arsenal Media?
1: Sure. So I, I uh, founded Arsenal Media in 1999, I believe. And um, we uh, I created the agency as a, initially a, a content marketing agency. And we were... Uh, uh, when we started, we we were actually doing custom publishing. So doing uh, branded magazines Mm -hmm. uh, for, for clients. It was at, at at that moment, it was a big trend. And then we evolved into creating uh, uh, content for the web because, you know, the, the initial uh, uh, internet revolution was, was really driven by uh, uh, programming companies, but there were not a lot of design and, and, uh, Content companies, and so we we extended our expertise to content marketing on the web, and eventually we were exposed to uh, digital signage, and we completely transited our operation and focused on digital signage because we felt that that was kind of the ideal platform where we could merge uh, creativity and technology and and building a relationship and providing value for for the audience. You know the the reason why. Uh, uh, I, I started the, the company as a, a content marketing agency is because you know, I always thought that you you could build more meaningful and long-term relationship with the consumer if you actually provided value versus just a a, a commercial advertising. Uh, commercial mm-hmm. advertising, traditional commercial av- advertising will deliver certain type of result and, and certainly has its role within the you know, a bigger picture of marketing strategies, but I always felt that content marketing actually provided something useful, uh, either from an information perspective or quality of experience perspective. There was something that that the the consumer had in return. And so that was the, the foundation of it. And when, when we were exposed to uh, digital signage, it was, you know, similar to internet in the sense that there were not a lot of creative companies at the beginning. And so we saw this as as a great opportunity and and started to focus on on digital signage uh, right right until uh, uh, twenty fourteen when the, the the agency was uh, uh, was acquired by Christie Digital and we joined the the the, the Christie uh, company. I I was there for four years. I led the, um, the the experiential project division and we we did projects all over the world. Uh, we you know this was such a, a for me uh, personally and professionally, such an inspirational time, I have uh, so many good souvenirs, so many great learnings and, and great projects, and it, it allowed me to continue to push further on the experiential side and eventually led me to uh, uh, focusing on, on, on immersion. Uh, to to really focus on the experiential side of it, but uh, you know it, it's the sum of these experiences and learnings, and, and I'm really proud of my digital signage roots to to a certain extent, uh, because it it helped me understand you know context and and you know sharing the the right message at the right time what what. What that meant, and and adding an experiential feel, and uh, you know, understanding the impact of architecture within the space and the configuration, and how people moved within a space. So, all these were great learnings that that allowed me to uh, to 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 do this project.
0: The, the the part that you humbly left out is that that you guys were when, when you entered awards, you were sweeping the awards. Like you, Arsenal Media won a whole pile of awards for creative through the years.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, we were so fortunate to uh to to get the support of, of the industry. And you know, I think that speaks to the, the the commitment of our team to you know try to contribute positively to, to this media um and you know uh, and that's how we approached it you know bringing value to to the consumer and trying to raise the bar in terms of best practices uh you know f- from from a, a quality of design and uh, relevancy and you know i i i believe in in, in the media and and i think it it deserves from us as, as creatives and uh, strategists that um you know we we put our, our our best foot forward every time, and and we we always were in kind of, of this evolving mode of you know how can we do better and and how can we push the boundaries and and how can we make this media more efficient for our clients. Um, so so uh, you know I think that the, the the support that that we've got and the accolades from the industry speak to my, my team's commitment to uh, to achieve that and. Uh, Quite proud uh, of, of the results and, and again the, the accolades that we've received from the industry.
0: T- Ten or fifteen years ago, you were doing conferences in Montreal and uh, very politely yelling at people. It's the content, stupid. That uh, you know the, the that in the industry at that time was still and and for a long time after, it's still focused on uh, technology as opposed to. What's actually on the displays? Is it heartening now to, now that you're somewhat detached directly from the direct digital signage industry, to see uh, the the amount of really kick-ass content that you're now finding on screens?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. There's 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 great content. I think the aspect that I'm 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 most uh, uh, let's say um, proud to see the industry do now is just. Being more smart in the way that we plan for these projects, the the way that we set up displays, the way that we think about the media from a a, a business perspective, architectural perspective, the the, the integration of the, this media with the rest of the marketing ecosystem, the, the the rest of the brand ecosystem. So so I'm I'm really proud. To see where the industry is at in terms of the level of refinement of the work in general, because yes, you know the, the quality of the content is is really important, but uh, I, you know through through my, my time in digital signage, I think quickly we we realized that it was also about you know the the, the strategy itself and the the the, so, the right selection of equipment for the right context and. Uh, you know how how this you know the media wasn't just this extraterrestrial piece within the the, the marketing or branded uh, branding ecosystem of the client, but it actually played a role and was connected and made sense in how it was used. So, the the, the integrated marketing or branding approach that I see now, the quality of the the executions from. A, architectural perspective and, and, and content perspective is, is, is really impressive to see. And I'm, I'm proud to see where the industry is at today.
0: Hmm. All right, that's a great place to leave it. Uh, congratulations on Oasis Immersion and uh, great to catch up with you.
1: Thank you, Dave, always a pleasure.
0: That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 16.9 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 16.9 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 16.9, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 69 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible. And the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at screenfeed.com. 69, the blog and the podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.